Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, there's an interesting story there. Jesus begins to tell, uh, we, we watch his life. This is actually uh, something that happened, one of his miracles that took place. And there were 10 lepers. Uh, you probably are familiar with the story of the 10 lepers. If not, you're going to be familiar with it in a minute. And um, it's very interesting because there's so much in this story. Back in the 90s, I traveled a lot. Those of you uh, that I knew and that were members of this house and that we knew back in the 90s. Uh, and so I traveled a lot. And this is one of the uh, messages that I would preach. Oftentimes, I had about a half a dozen or more messages that were just strong in my spirit. And they were on point in that season. And so when I would travel and speak at conferences and speak in churches and uh, things that we were doing, I would pastor here on, I was speaking here on Sunday morning, of course. And then I'd be gone uh, probably uh, three weeks out of the month. Uh, be gone and would be preaching somewhere else during the week and be back here, of course, uh, for uh, Sundays. But, um, and then we had other ministries, of course, in here on Wednesday nights if I wasn't here. And uh, what a blessing to be able to say that. But this particular story leaped out at me when uh, Jesus goes through Galilee and he goes through Samaria, the Bible says. So I think I'll read it in Luke 17. And uh, I'm going to read about, I don't know, six or eight verses or something like that. And then we'll just come back and talk about it for a minute. You know, there's a lot of ways you can speak on the Word of God. Sometimes you can... Uh, you can do it in a, almost in just a narrative. And so I'll do some of that today. Sometimes you can just teach line upon line, and uh, that's good to do. If you uh, have been in this church long, you know I love the, the Greek and Hebrew word study. And to see the application of it in the scriptures always fascinates me. And because it expands it so much, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And besides, it makes you look smart when you do that, you know. And uh, I try to make people think I'm smart contrary to the truth. <clears throat> but uh, be that as it may, it's very necessary, thank you. It's, it is very necessary for us to speak the Word of God and to see it. And I believe as ministers, we can, uh, we can apply the Word of God in our life and God will personalize it to you. It'll become a rhema to you. And something even as maybe foreign to us today in the United States as the healing of leprosy. There's so much in what Jesus did and uh, the, the types that are there. If we'll apply them by faith to our life, all I can say is get ready to be blessed. Amen. I'll turn this other microphone on for the sake of reading. It's just easier for me. So we're in the book of, we're in the book of Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 11 if you would please. Let's begin there. And it came to pass. Don't you love that? Don't you love that saying, it came to pass? As Jesus went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And I'm going to try not to chase too many trails on this, but I want you to hear this. Uh, Jesus went to Samaria, he went to Galilee. Those were areas that initially were kind of foreign to him. Uh, they were areas that the people who lived in there oftentimes were not uh, Jewish, uh, just, I'll just call them completely Jewish. Many of them were uh, people that 
were interbred with uh, Gentiles or with other uh, particular nationalities and, and sect of people. And uh, so consequently, most of the time, the Samaritans were kind of an outcast area. And uh, they were looked at that way. And Galilee didn't have much better reputation than that. Uh, somebody say amen. Galilee was an interesting place. It was actually the, the, the boy, boyhood home of Jesus. Uh, he stayed in the Galilee area most of the time growing up. All of Jesus' disciples, his 12 disciples, all of them except one was a Galilean. All of them, he chose them from that area. How many of you glad God knows how to choose the misfits sometimes, huh? How many of you are glad he knows how to do that? 19 of his 32 parables were in the backdrop of Galilee. That's how it was uh, used. And from that particular reference point, 25 of his 33 miracles recorded happened in Galilee. Uh, the, the headquarters of his ministry, if I can use that particular broad American term, would have been in Galilee itself. It's an interesting thing. So Jesus had a, draw, a drawing in his heart uh, because God knows how to take something that oftentimes the world or religious mindsets almost want to uh, shy away from, but God knows how to take that and use it for his glory. He knows how to change it and use it. He knows how to get the good out of the land. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible says, Jesus, he, he goes to Samaria and he goes to Galilee. And uh, verse 12, and as he entered into a certain village, I just think it's interesting that he records such uh, miracles. The magnitude of these miracles are amazing to me, but he doesn't even name which one of the villages in Galilee where he was. And so the scripture says, as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Everybody shout afar off. Those are powerful words. Maybe we'll get back to them. Let's just read a little bit longer. And the Bible says, they lifted up their voices. They lifted up their voices. One transla translation says, they shouted out loudly. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Say that with me, would you, this morning? Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The Bible says that you must call Jesus Lord. In the book of Romans chapter 10, everybody knows this uh, powerful verse. If you don't, let's learn it right now. That if we confess with our mouth, Jesus as Lord, Master, Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we would be saying a powerful word right here. Here's 10 lepers. Jesus somehow or another crosses their path and they're standing far off from him and they start yelling at him. And when he saw them, everybody shout, he saw them. He said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. I, I'll tell you those, I'm trying not to just take one verse and that's all we get in this morning, just in one verse. But it's so powerful to hear that. Jesus said to them, after they called him Lord and Master, Master, Jesus, they, they called his name out. They must have known something about him. 
They must have heard something about him because Jesus hung out in that area. So many times we have the idea that Jesus kind of was in a long brown robe with a, you know, with a yellow rope around the, around the middle and he just kind of silently with a hood over his head, uh, just, just kind of uh, like, a, like a stray cat walked through the streets of Jerusalem for 30 years and all of that. That's not necessarily in the Bible at all. Though he did, of course, uh, go to Jerusalem. Uh, but Jesus spent more time outside of there than he ever did inside. Hallelujah. So the scripture says, Jesus said unto them, go show yourself to the priest. Because of time, I won't take you to Leviticus chapter 14, but if I did, you'll see there what's called the law of the leper. The law of the leper was if a person was a leper. Leprosy, of course, was a terrible uh, sickness. It was a terrible disease. I remember uh, 20, 25 years ago when I started preaching in Hawaii and I would go to Hawaii once, once or twice a year because someone has to do it. And I'd be over in Hawaii preaching. I didn't know that's one of the, where the leper colonies were. Uh, there, one of the islands, uh, it's just, it was a leper colony. Back during the war and World War II and even after World War II, into the 50s and the 60s, I think they finally closed that particular compound out there. I think it was in the 70s when it finally closed the way they had it and the atrocities that, that the people talk about that would take place because after a while in Hawaii, if someone just had a sore of some kind come up on them because of the awareness of leprosy uh, that was uh, in the islands, uh, they, they literally took children even away from their families and would quarantine them and isolate them in those barracks and that's where they would live. If you've never been there, go see the museums and stuff. It's fascinating and to think that something like that could happen uh, today in the United States. I think Hawaii became a state actually in 54 if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, 59, is that when it was? And so we, uh, uh, we see that there were some atrocities because of the fear of that and so many of the people that got taken out there actually, according to what history says, did not actually have leprosy. But they were afraid that they had leprosy. So they took them out there. People came from the mainland. They would take them out there. If someone had that leprosy uh, back in uh, the 50s and uh, I guess 60, 70 years ago was more prevalent uh, than it is today, of course, though there are still some uh, cases in the United States, but not near as much. But under the law, leprosy was considered like the curse, the curse, because there was no known cure for it. There are many different kinds of leprosy. Uh, really, only I think either one or two of them is actually contagious. The other kinds of leprosy are just, uh, they're a bad thing to the person that has them. And many times, of course, people, uh, when they lose limbs and they would uh, lose all of the, uh, their extremities first, those things would happen most of the time because of disease. Uh, oftentimes, uh, that, that leprosy would cause the extremities, they begin to die from the end of their nose, their ears, their toes, their fingers, their hands and stuff like that. And, uh, and they would become numb. And then because they were isolated in, in non-healthy conditions most of the time, uh, rodents and rats and, and all kind of things would uh, bite them. Somebody say, he's told me enough about leprosy. Come on. <laughs> and that still happens today uh, in, in, in other countries for sure. 
And so it was, it was a very bad thing, but because of the fear of it, that's how it was treated in that particular time. Here's 10 men that see Jesus and they're standing far off. They got a situation that uh, they weren't born with it. They picked it up along the way. I don't know which kind of leprosy they, they had. I don't know if they had the contagious kind or not because they didn't delineate from it. Uh, they just said, if you got that, this is your issue. And it caused them to be separated. They would stay in isolated areas under the law. They could not be around the public, all of those particular things. And according to Leviticus 14, if a person had leprosy, it was actually the priest that would declare them a leper. They would examine a certain type of, of, of sore and if they uh, believed that to be leprosy, they were then quarantined away. They were put in colonies. They were put outside of the city or outside of the camp, uh, the Bible would say. And that's how they had to live. And they had to depend upon the generosity of other people a lot. And obviously they would begin to congregate together, which would not be a good situation. But that's just, that was the lot in life. That's what they were dealing with. Here Jesus is. He's coming into town one day, and as he comes into a certain village, standing far off, there were 10 men who were separated by their condition. I think sometimes I just want to stop and just preach on that because God has an answer for every situation, but a lot of times we get situations in our life and we forget instead of pressing into God, we separate from God if we're not careful. Am I talking to anybody about anything today in here? We have to be wise that we do not allow the things in life to keep us from the Lord, but they need to be the things that drive us to the Lord. Come on, somebody help me preaching here today. It's very important that the things that we deal with in life do not cause us to isolate ourselves from the body of Christ, from the relationship we have with the Lord Jesus. Look, and I don't care who you are, if I can use the type, Everybody's had a type of leprosy somewhere in their life. I'm talking about something that was under the curse in your life that maybe uh, caused you to feel inadequate when it, when it, uh, maybe that's why it took you as long as it, you took to give your life to Jesus Christ. Something had you separated and you can be sure the devil will tell the world that the church does not want you in it because of their sin or the unrighteousness or just the ideas that they have, what they've heard about church. But how many of you know Christians love people? Come on, give me a better amen to that today, church. Come on. Christians love people. It's very important for us to show that love of God because at one time in life, everyone had something that had them standing far off from Jesus Christ. But oh, thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His grace. The Bible says these 10 men, they come to Jesus. They're still standing way off. And it says, and when he saw them, can I just stop right there and just say, how many of you are glad that your situation that you might have dealt with in life or you might even be going through a problem today does not keep God from seeing you? Oh, no, he's wanting you to cry out. Look, if you've missed God some way, I've got good news. God knows how to turn that around today, just like that. He's the God of forgiveness. He's the God of reconciliation. He's the God of righteousness. He's the God of grace. 
He's the God of mercy. The devil will tell you that all you deserve is to die. And the truth of the matter is every one of us, if it was just divine justice, every one of us would have deserved to die. So God took every one of us in himself at Calvary. He died in our place and rose from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. He bore our sickness. You ever had the devil tell you, you don't deserve to be healed? I've got good news, I don't deserve anything. But Jesus bore that sickness, had stripes placed on his back, and because of what he did, you and I are now qualified when we are in him to receive the very best that God has. You ought to clap your hands to God and get that in your spirit. I tell you, God carried our poverty. He carried our lack. He carried our weaknesses. He carried our, our uh, uh, physical uh, maladies that come across in life. In the name of Jesus, the power of God that raised him from the dead and all of the redemptive act through the shedding of blood that he did for you and me, that was passed on to us, the Bible says, if we will by faith cry out to the Lord in that time. You got one or two choices. You're either gonna cry out to the Lord, he's gonna see you and answer you, or he's gonna pass you by. Bartimaeus was being passed by. Jesus is going through the city through Jericho, and there's sick people everywhere. Jesus hadn't stopped for one of them that we have recorded at that time until a blind man uses what he has. He didn't have eyes. All he had was a voice. So he cried out, and he cried out by reason of his revelation. He called him son of David. Jesus walking by. I wonder how many people were saying Jesus in that huge crowd that was thronging Jesus, the Bible says, here and with the disciples. I wonder how many people were saying Jesus, 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 that's Jesus over there, that's Jesus over there, that's Jesus, look, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. And all of a sudden, a blind man sitting by the road said, Jesus, son of David. Jesus like, whoo! Which one of y'all said that? Because that was a revelation from God. He was known as the son of Mary, the son of Joseph. Are y'all listening to me? But when he was called the son of David, that's his messianic prophetic name from the Old Testament that the Redeemer would come one day, he would be the son of David. And when a blind man saw that, sometimes God will cause you to see through your blind spots better than any of the other heel spots you got. When that blind man saw that, and begin to cry it out. It stopped Jesus in his tracks. He said, bring that man to me. Oh, hallelujah. 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 When you can see on the inside and you're not ashamed to say it on the outside, you're about to see the glory of God in your life. Hallelujah. The scripture says, let me continue to try to read just a little more. Verse 14, and when he saw, when he saw, Jesus saw them. They're crying out, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Oh my goodness. Mm -mm. Recently, I have been very blessed 
I didn't deserve a lick of it. It's nothing but the mercy of God, the goodness of God. Oh, hallelujah. They cried out, have mercy on us. They didn't say heal us and we'll believe on you. They have already established he's Jesus master. Too many people want to call Jesus, Jesus, but they don't want to call him master. They don't want to call him Lord. They're like, Jesus, I want you to touch me. I want you to uh, answer my prayer. I want you to take care of this situation, but I don't want to follow you. I don't want you to be the master. I don't want to give all to you in my life. I don't want to commit everything under your name, under your banner. Just Jesus, just touch me and make me better. How many of you know there's a lot more to Jesus than that? And they said those words that stopped the creator of heaven and earth in his tracks. They said, Jesus, master. Jesus said, can't turn that one down. No, can't refuse that one. I got to talk to that one. Who's that? Those, Those 10 guys over there all covered up in bandages and everything. That's who's saying all of that. And the Bible says, they asked for mercy. Oh, thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Can I just say we're, we're people of faith? And a lot of times uh, over the, the, these first 30 years as a church and stuff, people will, will say of abundant life and of me as a pastor and you as people, they'll say, well, what kind of church is that? And they'll say, well, it's like one of those word of faith churches. You know, they just believe the word and they believe for faith and, and the pastor teaches the word. You know, sometimes I preach. And it's very important to understand that faith is powerful and hope is is just wonderful. And love, how do you minimize that in any way? But I'd like to tell you that mercy goes a long way. You want me to tell what mercy is? Mercy is when God gives you what you don't deserve. That's really what it is. When the mercy of God sometimes when God just wants to be silent and not reveal himself, but you're blessed anyway. That's generally because God's there and His mercy is just doing it regardless. They, they shouted out, have mercy. Look, look, mercy's important. Now, I, I know you probably don't think about it every day, but you woke up this morning. That's the mercy of God if you understand that or not. That's what the scriptures say. Uh, Lamentation says that the, the mercy of God is new every morning. God wakes you up with mercy. Come on, somebody help me preach in here just a little bit. If you really have that in your spirit today, he blesses you. He blesses you on your job. Some things you've been involved with in life that should have got you killed, but the mercy of God somehow covered you. Maybe you had a praying grandparent or a mama or a daddy or something, but God had a plan on your life. You should have went bankrupt with those guys, but God blessed you some way or another. His mercy intervened somehow. You know you should have been in prison sometimes because you did just as much as 50% of those people in there did, but the mercy of God kept you from getting caught. Not me, Pastor. I've never done that. Did you ever drive intoxicated? No, no show of hands. It was the mercy of God. It was the mercy of God. 
I wasn't a bad person. Did you ever smoke on that green stuff? Until you just like went totally blunt. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They wind up in jail and prison and somehow you didn't. It was the mercy of God to you is all I can say. I don't want to go any further with that. God knows I don't want to reveal them counseling sessions I've had. And the Bible says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Oh my goodness. Jesus gave them some instructions. He looked at them. He obviously knew immediately they had leprosy. And he says to them, go show yourself to the priest. Now, the thing that's important about that, just let it sink in for a moment, is under the law, according to Leviticus 14, they had to first have been clean. Then they would get word to the priest, and the Bible says then the priest would go outside the camp and meet them. They weren't going to let the lepers come inside the camp. They would, the, the priest would actually come meet them. So they would prepare themselves to, to present themselves to the priest and the priest then would examine them to see if the sores were gone and if all of that was gone. And then in the Bible it says uh, they would take uh, two live birds and they would kill one of the birds and they'd have running water in, uh, going into a bowl and they had running water and they would, they would kill this bird and they would put it underneath a dove and they would put it underneath that running water and the blood and the water would mix with the scarlet and the hyssop inside this bowl. Then they would take the live bird, this is in your Bible, and they would, they would dip it like this in that uh, blood and water and scarlet and hyssop, which are types, of course, of salvation and faith and all, and the blood, thank God for the blood and the water of the word, all the, and, and here they are. And then they would release that bird which of course is what Jesus did for you and me. He died for us. He went into the, uh, I'm preaching real good. And then he arose from the grave. All of these beautiful types are in the scriptures. So Jesus says to this uh, man who has just called him master and Lord, go show yourself to the priest. Uh, I'm going to break that down for us today in, in, in 2020. Can I do that? Anybody want to get set free from something? Go to church. Go to church. If you got so much fear that God can't protect you when you come to church because you've drunk the other Kool-Aid, then can I just say to you today, how do you think God can uh, heal you, deliver you, answer your prayer at your house? It's time to shake off the cobwebs and to get some reality. If you can go to Walmart for crying out loud, go to church. Let the son of righteousness begin to work in your life. God gave them instructions and as they went, they were healed. Now listen to me. They were not healed when they started walking. They still had some issues. But as they went, they were getting better like it. Like every step I take, every move I make, y'all know what I'm talking about? As they were obeying the instruction of the Lord, as they were taking their steps, God gave them instruction. If we had time and we don't, uh, but over in Leviticus 14, we would also see that two things took place. The priest would do his part and then after the priest had done his part, now the man who has just been declared clean and set free from leprosy, he now had a part to play in serving and following God. 
And it, it, and it itemizes, it tells it what he's supposed to do. It's very important to hear that. We can't just be people that cry out to God because we have a need. And as soon as God meets our need, uh, uh, then we never see him again. No, in the law of the cleansing of the leper, the man that had gotten cleansed was to follow God in some powerful ways. It's very important for us to understand that. I know as a pastor, and I'm not talking to you because you're in church today and you love the Lord. But how many times in my life have, have I had people that uh, they would say, would you pray for me? Somebody will bring them. And maybe they had a physical problem. It could have been a family deal. It's, it's all of the, the issues of life. And sure, we'll pray. We believe in Jesus' name that everything that hurts gets healed. I still believe that today. That healing is from the Lord. How many times have I said to someone, now we're going to pray, but do you know Jesus as Lord? Oh, yes, 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 I believe Jesus. Are you going to follow the Lord? Yes, yes, I follow the Lord. Because I know God will touch and heal. He'll deliver. But I know if they do not pursue the Lord and follow the instruction called the Word of God and do what God has told them to do, sometimes seven times worse comes on them. Have y'all read that in the Bible? Am I the only one that's read that? It's important to the best of our understanding to be doers of the word of God, not just hearers only, but to follow the Lord. Uh, and so Jesus says uh, to these people, there's, there's 10 of them at the time. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass. Don't you love that? It came, every time the devil tries to mess with you, just say it came to pass. It's in the Bible. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Everyone shout cleansed. It's an interesting word here. The word cleansed, it's a Greek word. I'll give you a little of that if you're interested. Uh, it's the word uh, katharizo, and it means to, to, to cauterize something. It's a medical term. The word cleansed, uh, it could be the word for purge. It could mean to disinfect. Uh, it, it could be to purify. It's the first step to getting better. Give me two amens. And as they begun to go, as they're following the word of God, they start getting better. Listen, if you're believing God for something and you haven't seen the answer yet, but it's starting to get a little better, don't stop there. Come on, keep going. Follow the Lord all the way. I, I love the word of God, me and my house. Come on, we're gonna serve the Lord. How about you? The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed they begin to get better. Maybe the pain was going away. Maybe they're beginning to see that the, the sores weren't running like they were. Something's happening. And they're going to find a priest. It's interesting. I've always said uh, we don't have any recorded instances like that in the Bible where the priests were setting people free and declaring them free from leprosy. So I can only imagine the first time they go to one of those priests and send word and they say, hey, come, uh, come, we want you to uh, uh, just check us over because we're, we're, we're well. Things are good and we want to offer the sacrifice. We want to do the law, the law of cleansing of the leper. What we call Leviticus 14. We want to do that. I can imagine one of those priests looking at the other one and say, uh, hey, Maynard, have you ever done that ritual before? Do you know that one? Have any of y'all here in the temple ever done any of that? 
probably ran up there. Uh, probably they, they probably got one of the old uh, logs up there and they knocked all the dust off of it and they got over to, to what we call Leviticus 14 trying to figure it all out because they, there's, there's no re- record of them doing that. Are you listening to me? Because leprosy was a type of the curse. It was incurable in that day. And consequently, they begin to go because they're feeling better. But here's what I like. God gave them instructions. He gave them instructions. And he said, now just go do this. Just do it. If you'll do it, you'll see the goodness of God because you've called me the master and the Lord of your life. I have some instructions. And every step, they apparently begin to get better and better and better. And he saw them, the Bible says. He said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Woo, somebody shout hallelujah. But now one of them, there's an interesting thing there. I think this is really interesting because when they started going toward that priest, uh, toward the priest, as they began to go there, they were still sick. They still had leprosy. But they're obeying God even though they have not seen the instant manifestation of all of this leaving their body. They just know somehow they're getting better. I said, somehow they're getting better. Have you ever noticed that as you serve the Lord, many times we want that instantaneous manifestation, you know, that reversal of the laws of nature to instantly take place when the miracle happens, but sometimes it's through obedience. When you obey the Word of God and as you're following the Lord, every step you take, I feel like singing that song right now. I'm not going to, but I do. Every time you're moving that direction toward the Lord, you're just getting better and better and better. If you come in a prayer line and you're getting prayed for, for healing in your body, you're believing God to bless your business, you want something to happen in your family, and then you go and serve the Lord, don't walk out and be mad at God because everything hadn't instantly changed, but I can tell you, you are being cleansed. God is cauterizing that situation. You can be sure sometimes you get an instant manifestation, hallelujah, but He's the God of the harvest. He's the God of miracles. He's the God of healing. He's the one that controls that. But He won't turn you away. We can't live one day serving God, one step forward, one step backwards, uh, one day going toward the priest, uh, in other words, obeying the instruction that God has given us in His Word in, in, in our lives. We can't do that one day and then the other time not be living for God. Hallelujah. The Scripture says, Are you glad you came to church today? I'm going to buy my own tape. I don't mind telling you. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. There's so much in that scripture right there. Everybody shout healed. When he saw that he was healed, one of them, he was different than the other nine. He saw that he was healed. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, it's working. The more I'm going that way toward the priest, it's working. Wait, I'm a Samaritan and I'm healed. There's an interesting word. The the word healed is one of the uh, four main words that are uh, translated in the New Testament for healed. This is the word I-A-O-M-A-I. Iomai. Iomai. There you go, got it. 
Iomai. It's hard for me to say it. Easy for you. And uh, that, that word literally means to be cured. To be healed of the sickness. Cured. Done. Oh, hallelujah. We serve a God who knows how to cure us. Come on. He can cure you from whatever it is that ails you in life. He's not just the physical healer. He's the spiritual healer. He's the emotional healer. He, he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the financial healer. He knows more about family than all of us put together. You put him in the center of your house, watch healing begin to take place in the center of your house. Leave him there. Follow him. The Bible says as they went, they started sick. Jesus gave the word. They start obeying the instruction and nothing's happened yet. But as they start following and obeying, all of a sudden, they're getting better. And one of them, the further he goes along, he's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm cured. And he was a Samaritan. Not welcome in the temple. The scripture says, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. I just wish, I wish some people, I just want to help them. I do, I want to help them. Sometimes I, I know sometimes I preach loud. But how do you take a man that's on fire and you tell him to shut up? You can't do that. And the word is like fire in your bones when it gets on the inside of you. Are you listening to me? When you get a revelation in that, uh, if you shout to the Lord, where's that loud voice? Where's that loud voice? Has God ever healed you and cured you of anything? Come on, did he ever cure you of sin, iniquity? Did he cure you of that path to destruction? Did he cure your family? Did he deliver you from something? Then look, don't just be pretty all the time. Shout to the Lord. Come on, give God the praise. Let him know it. He came back with a loud voice. With a loud voice, he began to magnify the Lord. Oh God, deliver the church from the spirit of timidity. Let the spirit of boldness, Acts chapter four, let it be on the body of Christ. The Bible says he came back with a loud voice. Ooh, hallelujah. With a loud voice, he fell down on his face. Sounds like a Benny Hinn meeting. Fell down on his face, right at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. I'm almost finished with this, but listen to it. He was a guy that would have been a misfit for sure if he'd have gone inside that temple. That priest would have definitely had to come out and see him. And I don't even know if the priest would have ruled on his behalf. All I know is Jesus said, go show yourself. Go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself. This guy's as excited just as much as the other nine. And then all of a sudden reality sunk in. He's got one or two choices right there, friend. He can say, God touched me. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, see you later. Alligator. He could have just kept on going. I got mine. I'm out of here. But he didn't do that. With a loud voice, he came. Jesus, 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 I'm cured. I'm cured. I'm healed. I'm cured, Jesus. And he falls at his feet and he begins to worship him. 
He's overriding all of the, of the normal rules of the day because he has not been declared clean yet by the, the, the actual priesthood. And now he's back where Jesus is with everybody else and he's at the feet of Jesus magnifying him. How many of you know Jesus didn't freak out like he was afraid he was about to get leprosy? I'm so glad Jesus didn't push him off with his foot. Don't touch me though. Don't touch me. Whatever you do, don't touch me. I'm glad. But don't touch me. No. Jesus didn't do that. This man came. He fell before and with a, a loud cry, he's giving him the, the glory. He's given God all of the praise. I don't know how long Jesus let it go on. Probably until that guy got tired of doing it. But he begins to give him all of the glory. He gives him all of the praise. I know Jesus' eyes must have been full of joy. Just seeing the overflowing joy that was in that man who now has a new, total new lease on life. Jesus didn't care if he was a half breed. Somebody shout hallelujah. He didn't care that he was half Jew and half Gentile or whatever uh, the combination was, but he was a Samaritan. I wish I had time to work on that because the church better grow up in the name of Jesus. Because God doesn't have any problem with any of that. No, I'm preaching real good. Paul's number one disciple was a young man named Timothy. Uh, his, 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 uh, his father was a Greek. His mother was Jewish. The Bible says, and he was a misfit in the temple. Then they, they didn't want anything to do with him. The Jews didn't want anything to do with Timothy. David, King David, Royal King David. Do I have good news for you? His great grandmother was not Jewish. Oh, hallelujah. Her name was Ruth. As she was a Moabite, you're exactly right. And she fell in love and God, her and Boaz fell in love. And one generation, skip generation after that, here comes Jesse, here comes David. And in all probability, listen to me, in all probability, David's mother was possibly a Syrian or a Moabite. The other, the other Jesse's wife with the other, the mother of the other boys, you can find that in the scripture. But when it comes to David, you can't find out who his mama is. According to Jewish history, that's because David's mother was not a Jew. His father was. Well, he would be a quarter. So I'm just letting you know that Jesus came out of that lineage. Oh, I'm preaching so good right now. Mary came out of that lineage. So in Christ, in Jesus, God covered the waterfront, Jew and Gentile both. Come on. When he sent his own son. God knows how to reach in and change things. Here on the way, on the way, they're getting better on the way. Started out sick, heading to, the, heading to church, heading to the pre, and getting better. On the way, on the way, on the way. When they started obeying the instruction that God had given 
things begun to change a little at a time and it starts changing and starts changing. And one of them suddenly said before he ever got to those priests, he said, I'm cured. I'm cured. I'm cured. And he went running back to Jesus screaming. I'm well, I'm whole. I'm cured. I'm healed. I owe me. I'm well. The Bible says, and I'm done. Listen to this. Jesus answered and said unto were there not 10 cleansed? Were there not 10? But there are not found but this one to return and give glory to God. Only this stranger. Only one. Were there not 10? Somebody say, where are the other nine? Don't, don't, don't raise your hands on, on any of this. But have you ever been guilty of God answering that desperate prayer? God, if you do this for me, I'll do this. You will be Lord and master of my life. I will serve you. Answer this prayer. I'm desperate, God. And God is a good God. I'm talking to someone that needs to hear this today. He is a good God. He hears and answers prayer if you call him master and Lord. But that's not all that God has for you. He has a way. He has a life for you that's full of his goodness, his blessing, his purpose. The reason you were born, you find it. You were not born just to be healed. You were not born just to be delivered from a circumstance because you call out uh, on God. That's because of the mercy of God. No, you were healed for a purpose. You're healed to be a walking visual aid of the goodness of God in your life. Giving glory to God. Your life needs to be loud. Come on, somebody live loud for Jesus. I don't know how loud you're gonna talk. I don't even care, but is your life living out loud? Was it God that blessed you with that job? God that healed your body? God that delivered you from whatever you got delivered from? Was it God that answered your prayer? Or do you kind of sidle up to it and try to take too much of that credit for yourself? It's important to give God the glory, to give Him the praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's His praise. It was His goodness. It was His goodness that healed those babies. It was good. It was His. It was His goodness that blessed that business. Jesus said unto this man, "I've got about two more hours, but I'm not going to do it. I'll be finished. I'll be finished right at right as soon as I'm done. I'll be finished." And He said unto him, "Arise." That'll sink in on somebody later. He said, arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Everybody shout whole. He said, your faith made you whole. What faith was that? Just enough faith to to shout out to Jesus as Lord and Master. Just enough faith to realize something happened. And he came back instead of just hitting the road and keeping on going because he was a Samaritan. He came back to Jesus. Listen to me. 
And the Bible says, with a loud voice, that was a voice of faith. He was praising God and thanking Him for what He had done in His life. And Jesus said, your faith made you whole. The word whole, W-H-O-L-E, in English, it's a beautiful word. The Greek word is the word S-O-Z-O, sozo. All through the New Testament, the word sozo is the word for salvation or saved. He said, your faith has saved you. He said, first, when you started obeying the word of God because you called out, I begin to purge you and cleanse you. I begin to uh, carterize that, that hurting area in your life. I begin to heal your broken heart. I begin to touch you uh, in your business and your marriage begin to begin to get better and better. And then there came a point when you said, oh, thank God it's done. You didn't stop coming to church. You didn't stop serving God. You didn't stop reading the Bible. You didn't stop praying. Uh, you stopped sinning. You got a lot of that. And anytime you fall into that, you just say, thank God I'm delivered from it. I'm not going back. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's very important you get that. We're not trying to be self-righteous. The good news is that's what happens. Progressively, things begin to just leave your life. Some things leave instantly. And suddenly you realize I'm a different person. And you can either claim the credit yourself or you can start giving God the glory, humbly magnifying God with a loud voice. And Jesus said unto him, it's amazing. Nine others went the other way. You decided to go all the way. You've gone all the way. Your faith has made you whole. One of the things that happens in leprosy, and I believe what I'm saying to be true. One of the things that happens in leprosy is it, it eats those extremities and it begins to eat away because of the infections that are there. Most of the time it's the infections that do that. And it leaves a person scarred and marked. Jesus looked at that man and said, I didn't just heal you. I didn't just purify you. I'm restoring you. I'm giving you original purpose. I said, God will give you original purpose. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. When he comes into your life and you follow him all the way, he doesn't just change your situations. He doesn't just give you a home in heaven. He restores. I believe that guy got all 10 of his fingers back. I think he got his toes back. I believe he got his nose back. Are you listening to me today? I believe he got his house back. I think he got his pickup back. I think he got his business back. He got his ministry back. He got his family back. Jesus said, I healed you. And let me show you where this is going to now, young man. You're going to get everything back that hell stole from you. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. 
And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.